morning, everybody. This is Pete with Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM in the great state of Seattle. We got another good show for you guys out there. Uh, we're back again with our sponsor. I tell you guys, this is something that is near and dear to my heart. And I hope if nothing else, you get educated. We're talking to the good folks at a kind heart. This is for, uh, care, all kinds of care, whether it be elderly care, rehab care, things like that. But, um, these guys, uh, you know, as you all know, I've talked about my father. In fact, this show is dedicated to him over the last 14 plus years. And I wish a company like this was around back in 2000, 2001 when my father was ill. Uh, I had to end up stopping my career and uh, basically living with him for most of the week in Olympia, Washington. And so this is important. Um, we're going to talk about care uh, for your folks. And I, you know, if nothing else, getting you thinking about it. So you give a kind heart a call or check them out on the website. Um, and with that, um, we're bringing back Bernard Fajario. He's uh, one of the principal owners of A Kind Art. How you doing, Bernard? How you doing? I'm good. 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 Awesome. It's good to have you back. Uh, I know your counterpart decided not to be on the radio, but that's okay. <laughs> we got you here. That's great. So, uh, And we also have three new members uh, of the staff there at Kind Heart. We have Maricris Tejada. How are you doing, Maricris? Good. I'm doing good. Good. We awesome. We also have um, Kimberly Cruz. Hi, everyone. Hi. Yes. Good. And then we have also Ian. And Ian, I, what was your last name, Ian? I'm Ian Francis Pastera. Wow. Okay, good. That's, Francis name. <laughs> That's okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Is Francis your middle name? You yes. Ah, go? oh, got it. All right. Good. Well, that's good to have you on. Um, so before we get started, guys, just to put this a framework on this, um, you probably a lot of you know that are listening to this show that uh, there are 10,000 baby boomers a day turning 65 up until 2030. But what I did not know, which surprised me when I did the research, is all of that, if you're getting up in your late 50s or 60s or your parents are there, seven out of 10 of all of us are going to need long-term care, 70%. So those are the facts. Those are the statistics. I'm not making this up. So this is something, this is why we talk about this with a kind heart. Um, so, Bernard, maybe what you can do first is why don't you introduce, I know we got him on the show, why don't you introduce and then we'll talk about each person's role here and what they do. So um, we are uh, in our office. We have a team that's fairly fun to work with. Um, we enjoy what we do because we are, I think we feel like we're both dedicated to the care of seniors. Yeah. Uh, first is our business manager is uh, Ian Francis here. Mm -hmm. um, he takes care of everything. He'll, he'll, he'll also describe what his role is later on. Okay. And then Mary Crest is our, our care manager um, okay. for all the clients. And Kimberly Cruz is in charge of HR and hiring process and sometimes firing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we have a couple more people that works in our office that does billing and all this stuff, but um, they are not here today. Got it. Good. All right. That sounds good. So let's start. Why don't we start since uh, Bernard started with you, Ian. So Ian, what, what is your role at a kind heart? What is it? What are your duties that you do there? 
Um, yeah, hi, Pete, and also to your avid listeners. Hi, everyone. So I'm Ian. So mainly my role as, as a business office manager is, you know, to work with the entire team. Well, here in Akain Heart, we do have like a collaborative effort between all the members of the care team. So I'm, I work with our clinical um, director of our clinical services. I work with our um, care manager. I work with our field supervisor. So basically what we do here is just to make sure that, you know, the care that we render to our um, clients is, you know, the quality is there and to make sure that um, we were able to render the care in the right time. Yeah. Okay. So are you, so Ian, as far as uh, I, I, I'm seeing in the notes here, your title is business office manager. Is yeah. That, is that correct? Okay. So do you, do you work, uh, as far as on the clinical side with a lot of the care plans, or are you also working with care partners and developing new business or both? Um, yeah, that's well, that's <laughs> technically both. Yeah. Okay. So I also work with our care manager. So, Every single day, the care managers will, you know, evaluate the documents from the care. So that's part of my job as well. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. And then, Mary Chris, uh, you're a care manager. So maybe you can tell us what does a care manager do at a kind heart? So as a care manager, um, whenever we have a new client, um, we my team conduct an in-home or facility consultation to assess the client's need, um, physical, emotional, spiritual, and social. And at the end of the assessment, we personalize a care plan that is based on the client's need, preference, personality, and schedule. Wow. So you guys are holistic. Yes. Yeah. The whole thing. That's pretty and cool. And also, we um, supervisors will periodically visit the client to ensure that the caregiver is completing all the um, assigned tasks. Okay. Now, Mary Chris, I know there's how many. There, you're one of the care managers. How many are in at a kind heart that are that are care managers? Two. Two of you. Okay. And do you actually go out and talk to the clients yourself? Yes. You do. Okay. So you're plugged in in the trenches. That's great. Yeah. You're in yeah. the trenches. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part part of her part of her job as well is like she do a, like a routine visits mm-hmm. to our client like once or twice a week. Yeah, okay, so you're following up then too and making yes. sure quality care is. So weekly, we send um report to the families to the POAs to make sure that their their um, family is you know updated. updated. Yeah. yeah. Got it. You ever get in a fight with Ian? Well, you know, it's good to have a healthy environment. You know, you have discussions yeah. and disagreements. It's all about, but you're all, you know, marching to the same vision of the yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good. All right. Now we're going to talk to Kimberly, who's the HR manager, and uh, we'll be discussing kind of hiring roles. So tell us. You know, a lot of people have in their head what a human resources manager does, but I think it's probably a little different at a kind heart. So what is it that you do as an HR manager? So for me, of course, um, I'm the one who's selecting all these caregivers that we have. Currently, we have 78 active caregivers. Um, it's kind of funny because I will have enemies at the same time also. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, um, basically, um. If you have a certified nursing assistant or a home care aid license, 
those are the criteria that I'm looking for you to be part of our company. At the same time, choosing the right caregiver to each of our client is very, is very important. So having them um, go into a background check, getting their TB test, food handling, CPR, those COVID vaccination card, those are the things that is important to me. At the same time, you know, selecting the, uh, them and having them meet our client is one of the important things that I would like to also um, conduct during the assessment once yeah. Maricris is having. So, do you do you go out with Maricris then? Uh, um, yeah, occasionally if I have okay. to. <laughs> okay. But most of the time, it's Maricris and our caregivers that is speak to the client. So we we select it good, like how we typically. Um, choose the right caregiver to the right client. Okay. And uh, let me ask you this for all the people listening out there, because you never know. Are you actively looking for caregivers now? Every yes, day. No, Every yes. day. Okay. Well, good. Uh, well, that's a good, <laughs> good shout out then. If you I'm want to be here. a caregiver. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you a make, call. Okay. Awesome. So I'll give you a, uh, get a pencil and paper because I'm going to give you their phone number and their website. If you guys are, uh, this is a great career. I've, I'll tell you what, I have never seen in my whole life, uh, CNAs, those guys work hard. <laughs> yeah, I take just taking care of my mom. You know, they're kind of the backbone of the whole industry. And, um, boy, if you find some good CNAs, they're, they're worth their weight in gold. They really are. The funny thing is now, uh, so I, I wanted to ask you this because I did see this and I want to see if this is true, Kimberly, from the research I did. It said a higher percentage of, of caregivers are men than women. Is that what you see? I would say yes. Um, okay. We do have a lot of me- male, male caregivers, caregivers, which I yeah. was surprised as well. Um, for, actually, they're, they're pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, like... Personally, me, I'm new to this industry, and I okay. I've seen them work like it's way beyond what I do. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, my mom uh, has a great caregiver uh, where she's in her facility in La Jolla, California, and his name is Joe. And mm-hmm. Joe is a godsend. That guy is so good with my mom, and my mom can be ornery sometimes. You know, she's turning eighty nine in May, and Man, oh man, he just takes it in stride and, uh, he gets her to do what she needs to do. So I applaud all those CNAs that work so hard, uh, you know, to care for the, the elderly people. So, uh, I want to give you the number, uh, right now, if you're thinking about, um, any kind of care, I'm going to talk to Bernard when we come back from the segment about the types of care that they do. But, uh, these guys uh, do a lot of in-home care. They also do, uh, they have care partners. We'll talk about a little bit about that and how they help in the resource load there. But you want to give them a call at 833-546-3552. That's 833-546-3552. Or go to a akindheart.info. Info. And then uh, if uh, if they call the 833 number, Bernard, who do they get, Kimberly, or who, who answers the phone? Um, it will... We can choose. You can be transferred to four different lines. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they can. There's a selection. You can select billing. Okay. Uh, scheduling everything. It's all in there. Got it. Just, you know. Got it. All right. Check them out too. Previous podcasts we have at mynorthwest.com forward slash home matters. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters Car Radio ninety seven three FM. All right, we are back. 
This is Pete with All Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM. Having a great discussion with the good folks over at A Kind Heart. They do a lot of uh, in-home care services. One thing I wanted to point out, um, Bernard, I did not know this, but um, there's a study. Actually, it's called Beyond Dollars. If you guys want to look it up, uh, it's Beyond Dollars uh, PDF. Just Google that. It's a Genver study. Now, obviously, it's for long-term care insurance, and we'll touch on that a little bit. That's not what Kind Heart does, but this is, you know, kind of like what uh, Maricris was talking about. It's a holistic thing. You have to think about, like, how are you going to pay for this, too, as well, and long-term care insurance is an important part of that. But in that study, Bernard, one thing that they had revealed, and this is over 4,600 people they talked to, they said 79% of people want to receive care at home. They don't want to go anywhere. And I, I, are you seeing that? Is that mimicking yes. what you see in the industry? Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, um, it's an astounding number, just like the seven out of 10 are going to need long-term home care. I know. I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way. My dad was uh, an old European, a full-blooded Ukrainian. He always said, if you, P.O., he goes, if you ever take me out of this house, I'm going to shoot myself. He said, I'm not going to a nursing center. So I took care of him at home. Unfortunately, we didn't have a company like a kind heart, um, like you guys. I wish we did. I would have hired you. Uh, okay. So Bernard, what I want to ask you is let's start with kind of a discussion of like where you fit because the spectrum is like in home care. All the way up through, you know, dementia and memory care. So, like, what kind of services do you provide? Our services really focus on really helping the seniors in any um, any spectrum of their needs. Um, okay. Most of the time, um, when they call us, they they really need the activities of daily living, um, such as bathing, dressing, uh, grooming, and uh, um, mobility assistance sometimes just reminder on mm-hmm. on like uh, a reminder on their medication. But the, the main thing is that they are safe when they're at their own uh, homes and facility. Um, yeah. uh, and whether it's just a three hour help or longer, but we do have a minimum amount of time that we we have to take care of them. Yeah. Um, and that spectrum, like I said, is we can we can be in even a, a hospital setting, but we, we haven't done that yet. Okay. Most of the time, we are in assisted living setting, all the way to their own home. Okay. Um, a lot of people, like what you said, they choose to stay at home because of the familiarity of where they are and what yeah. they know. They yeah. Feel really at home, and I think our purpose there when we go to their home is that to make sure that they're safe, that they're not gonna get hurt. And they're not gonna fall on their own when their family member is not around. Yeah. And and when they need help, such as uh, clean, bathing and cleaning, or just simple tasks, as reminding them to take their medication on time. Yeah. Well, you know, in fact, uh, I don't know the exact. Um, I know you have or still do. You do a lot of uh, home retrofit. You had talked about yes. that in the last show. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, th- that is another service that really is important. I used to do that in my construction company, a lot of ADA retrofit and things for people yeah. so they could ramps and things to get around. Um, but one thing I, when I, when I looked at that, I didn't realize that a high number of people fall and hit their head on the tub or the bathtub and die in their bathroom as elderly people. 
And uh, so it's very dangerous. So, I mean, just even simply checking in, do you, do you have your in-home care people? Do they come in like every day or how, how does that work for, for if we are scheduled, um, they can choose to have a 24 hour care to all the okay. way down to six hour <clears throat> care. So, um, we do have a specific task that the family or a POA will allow us to do. Yeah. So, for example, we want you to do this part, and then that's how we assess. Uh, we make the assessment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, another thing, guys, just – and this is something I'm going to bring up to everybody listening because these are things that as people like uh, you and myself, you kind of don't think about. But just talking about simple incontinence. If you don't take care of that and people don't care during incontinence, even if your parents are wearing briefs, that can lead to infections and sepsis, and people die from that a lot. In fact, I will tell you, my mom has had sepsis five different times and almost died twice. So these are things that somebody, Bernard, I think you're in home care people, that's critical to make sure you're checking on that and changing. Yeah, urinary tract infection is the number one thing. Yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this, because, you know, I have my own opinion. As long as we're educating people, like what are signs that your um, that your caregivers look for to say, hmm, I wonder if that person has a urinary tract infection? What are things to look for? Uh, normally confusion, um, or sudden change of the behavior, okay. yeah. things okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. They get kind of weird. <laughs> I yeah, guess the way you describe yeah. my yeah. mom would go off and she'd the behavior get, yeah, really strange. Yeah. Do you see that a lot, Americus? Oh yes. That's yeah. so common. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, my uh my sister uh unfortunately she just passed away from cancer, but she was a medical doctor and she always would tell me, she said, you know, mom's gonna survive she her organs and everything are good. The thing that's gonna get her is sepsis. And yeah. uh Fortunately, she's in a good care facility, but um, it's always a really deathly risk. Um, that and obviously COVID now we're dealing with, but uh, but that's another big risk. So I'm glad you guys are there. So, okay. Um, now I wanted to ask you because in the notes you talked, you had the personal compare personal care versus companion care. Um, and Mary Chris, I'm going to ask you this. So I notice in personal care you have like Bernard was talking about. You know, assisted daily living, which is, you know, the grooming, the toileting, the dressing, all those kinds of things, reminding, you know, take medication. But you also have, you know, homemaking, which includes house cleaning, laundry, and meal preparation. So, Mercris, do does one person do all of that or do you have different people that come in and do those things? So, um, we have different person coming every day. So, for okay. example, we have a 24-hour shift. So we have two person coming throughout the 24 hour shift. We do like 12 hour shift each person. Okay. And okay. throughout the day, um, as part of our services, we do like housekeeping, um, meal so preparation. So is that the, what you would call a CNA? Does the CNA do the laundry? Yes. 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 So, okay. CNAs are trained to do, to do those tasks. So that involves you do the companionship care, the personal mm-hmm. care. And then, yeah, so including the light housekeeping, the meal preparation, so those things. So, Ian, a question I have since you brought that up is if they're, you said they're trained to do these things. So how how do you train them for companion care and housekeeping, all these things? What do you do at a kind heart for training? Well, 
for for us to obtain the CNA license, so that's part of the educational background of our caregivers. Yeah. And yeah. at the same time, if in case they are already working with a kind heart, as part of the DOH requirements, our CNAs are required to do to undergo to several hours class. of training okay. per year. So, so they yeah. do ongoing training. Is this like yes. online that yes. they have to and keep up with? Yeah. Okay. Prior, yeah. prior for them to get the license, they do require to get this um class mm. class um CEUs uh, thing. So yeah, that's a Washington get, State requirement, isn't it? Yeah, before right? they really get okay. their license, those are the requirements that we yeah. needed. Okay, got it. So you you have them show the license that they took this and they have it from Washington State. Yes, right? yes. that's part of the requirement. They all have the certification and stuff. So got basically it. They, they really train to do th- those things. Okay. So, uh, Mary Chris, I'm going to ask you this again. So what what's the difference between personal care and companion care? How do you guys define that? How is it different? So for the personal care, um we do the uh, which includes the assistance with um, with activities of the daily living such as bathing toileting grooming and assistance especially incontinence care feeding and reminder for um the medication okay. and um for the companionship care which includes the non-medical basic um supervision to ensure um, a client safety and well-being and accompanying the client for um, appointments and errands, shopping and outings. Got it. Okay. That's good. Thank you for that answer. We come back. We're going to continue our discussion with a kind heart. I'll give you their website and phone number again at the beginning of the hour, at the beginning of the, the uh, segment here. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM. Okay, we're back. This is Pete with O Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM in the great state of Seattle. Uh, we are having a good talk with Bernard Fario, Maricris Tejada, Kimberly Cruz, and Ian Francis Pastera. All of a kind heart. You can check them out. Give them a call. If you have any questions, whether you're kind of getting up in age, you're listening. I know we have some... uh some people that are uh, up in years like me, uh, or you have your parents and uh, you want to really start thinking about this. I- I'll tell you one thing, Bernard, this is the other thing I found out in that Genworth study is it was a resounding people said, I should have started the care planning sooner. And do you hear that a lot out there with? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's usually when they need us, it's like, can you start tonight? Yeah, it's like an emergency. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes they, they keep us on a bind because we have to scramble to find the right person for yeah. that person. Yeah. So which most is, of the time, that's what you can't do. You can't turn on a dime. I'm sure you fit it as best you can, but yeah, we can. Usually yeah. we could. Yeah. That's why, guys, it's, it's important. That's why it's, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this show, and you or your parents are getting up in years, uh, give them a call at 833-546-3552 or go to their website at akindheart.info. And they have their phone number up there, too, and you give them a call. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit about, um, so Mary Chris and Kimberly, I'm going to come back to you guys. So we talked about personal care. We talked about companionship care. And then... You also have respite care, which is to me, it's like who's doing the road trips? Yeah. 
So <laughs> maybe that's, maybe I have it, I have it wrong, but what, what is respite care and how is that different from the other kind of care? Uh, respite care is like a short term care. Um, okay. So that if one of you guys go for vacation, we were there for them. Oh, okay. That's so if I was taking care of my mom or dad and I wanted to take a little break, you can come in and do that. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And then do you guys also, um, just so I understand. So Ian, do you, uh, you know, there's, there's dementia, there's chronic care. People have strokes, hospital discharges. Do you work with all those kind of clients too? Or, or which ones yeah. don't you work with? I guess is what I'm. Right. Yeah. Actually everything that belongs to the spectrum, we cover those type of care. So we have, you know, clients from ranges from, let's say a client that needs just a companionship. Let's say a client is very much independent, okay. but then at all risk. So instead of waiting for that person to have an accident, a caregiver is already there to make sure that the client is safe. So that's part of our service and okay. up to a client, let's say on hospice, so oh, you do okay. In, yeah, we okay. we have a lot. So of- do you? So Mayor Chris, do you deal with with because uh, dementia and Alzheimer's is becoming a big wave in the United States? So do you deal with those kind of clients as well? Yes, yes, like 80 percent of the time, yeah. our clients have dementia or Alzheimer's. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, the, and that's tough. Uh, my mom has a rare form; it's called supranuclear palsy. It's a brainstem degeneration. She has alternate realities and uh maybe if we have time i'll tell a funny story in the fourth segment uh, with my sister and i but um i did not know this i looked this up too that in 2021 six and a half million americans have alzheimer's now out of 397 and by uh, what was it in the next 10 years it's going to double to over 13 million alzheimer's yeah and that's not dementia that's just Alzheimer's. So alone, Alzheimer's alone. I, I'm, so I'm asking the question, like, wh- how does this happen? How are all these people getting Alzheimer's? But there must be some reason for it. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a growing trend. Okay. So, um, so Mary Chris, you were talking about uh, a custom care plan, right? And you go in and you assess, uh, kind of what kind of care they need. And then uh, I have two questions here. So, how how do you determine the amount of care and then like in maybe hours per week or whatever or the type of care? And then how do you communicate that to the family? Because, uh, you know, the family has to be involved in all this, you know, the, the, the children. So how do you go about that? So usually um, if the client is in the facility, we collaborate with the facility and with the family for us to know what is the best or time, time or how yeah. many hours should we provide for the residents. And then we talk about, okay, um, for example, they wanted like eight hours. Yeah. And okay. yeah, but what us- if they're not in a facility? What if they're in in-home? Because we talked about all these people want to stay at home. So if they're in home care, how do you assess that? Throughout the the care, actually, that's how we really determine and how many hours we should give in to this client. Mm -hmm. We typically, for example, the first initial assessment, um, the client or the family will tell us we need this 13 hours for now. But then throughout our care, that's how we really know how many hours should we put into this client. Mm -hmm. So basically, that's how we normally communicate, like giving our care to the client. Yeah, so so basically the our other care plan is will continuously evolve. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, based on the news. Yeah, well, like, and that actually, that was great. Good lead in, Ian. That was yeah. my next question because I know from watching my dad who had dementia, now my mom who has super nuclear palsy, it's it's a progression, right? People yes, change yes. as they get yes. older. Yeah. So how... Do you have a nursing staff on on uh, board? Or yes. How do you yes. assess like, okay, this person's kind of getting worse. We need to have a discussion with the family about increased care. How does that happen? Yes. So um, each client that we have, they have their own charting. So our caregivers are um, trained to take note all the observations that, you know, happens in that day. And at the end of the day, that caregiver will send a copy of the charting or the document to our care manager. And then the care manager will collaborate with our RNs to evaluate the whatever, whatever written on the document. And then from there, we will identify if this client needs more more care or more hours. Okay. And then so, how is that communicated back to the family? Because I know that's that could be a shock to them sometimes. It's like, you know, it's, we're going to need to do a lot more care here for your mom or dad or both. Well, um, our care manager, Marcus, is pretty much very hands-on. So okay. it's like... The, it's so you, like, you, you deal with the bad news, Maricris? <laughs> yeah, she, she constantly communicate yeah, with the yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. Whatever okay. any, any significant um, yeah. incident that happened to the client yeah. or any changes, Marcus will always keep the family on the loop. Yeah. 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 Bernard, I wanted to ask you a question, too, about time. that because... so. Uh, Ian was talking about registered nurses. I'd like to know. I know in the facility my mom's at, the, the RNs, they can prescribe medication. Well, not prescribe it, yeah. but they can administer medication and they do a lot of things like that. So how does, how many RNs do you have on staff and what do they do? What's their roles? Um, most of the RNs that we have is usually from either facilities or home health. Okay. So they're independent from us. So they can actually... Um, uh, endorse some of the medication class, but we, we don't, we're not really in that level yet, but we okay. can. Um, like I said, the, the goal of our team is that to make sure that we are in the same page with the family. Right. Uh, and the care of the client, because I'm pretty sure what they like, the family like is to have their family member taken care of the right. same way. As we well, and they also it. want to know, yeah. like, is yeah. the family member getting taken care of properly? You know, yeah. even basics, like, are they hydrated? Are they getting yes. their briefs changed? You know, all these kinds of things. It's yeah, important those, for us family members. Those things are actually, each staff are required for us to, they fill those up for us to make sure that their, their, their task sheet is filled up daily. Okay. And then uh, my request will check to see if they're performing all those task sheets. Okay. To make sure that they're hydrated and they're doing all the daily work that they're supposed to do. Okay. And then every week, uh, Marie Chris will update the family, whether it's a good news or a bad news. Um, they are very happy that we are communicating it to them so that we will prevent falls. We will prevent yeah. any future headaches for them. So we are in the same page. And okay. this usually is like a and are you, So because yeah. that's a good point you bring up, yeah. like. Because that, that's actually got what got my mom started on the progression from she went to independent living and then now she's in 24 hour. But she was falling. I was going up there and visiting and where she lived and she started falling more and more. And so then there finally had to be like, okay, she's going to have to go live in an assisted living because she can't live on her own. So you have a lot of people in in-home care. Do you have to have that discussion with, with the the children? Like, Hey, this is getting progressively worse. We got to do some. 
Sure. I mean, that's part of the, the process of assessing their needs. Yeah. So sometimes we can't, if we can't handle the situations, then we have to find something else. Okay. But nor- normally we can handle most of the situations. Okay. And yeah, the doctor and the nurses will also let us know if that okay. will be pliable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Kimberly and uh, Americas, I want to ask you guys about this because uh, you brought up the term charting and I have found I've learned a lot about this with my mom, especially how critical and important that is and documenting like what is actually going on because the kids aren't there. You guys are there and they don't know and but they want to know. So how do you guys handle charting and how does the family have access to that data? So for the charting, um, we need to make sure that the charting is in the apartment or in the house of okay. the client so that the family can um, access it any time of the day. So you have it somewhere where they can come in and take a look at yes. it? Okay. Yes. So it is open for um any um for the, for the family, for the family. Okay. and also it's important because um you know you can see there the activities of the resident and it's kind of like part of our endorsement to the next person who's coming for the okay next on the next shift yeah. like here's yeah. where they left off. and um at the end of the day for me as a care manager um it's easy for me to see to what's monitor. going on and it's for me to monitor the the resident if he's doing good, if he's doing okay, or what's going on throughout the day. And after that, if I see that there's um any significant. Con- significant or you know concern throughout the day, then I will communicate with the family. And um I also communicate with my team or what, what we can do or you know Got it. Okay. Give the best service. Sounds good. We come back. We're gonna continue our discussion with a kind heart. I have some questions around for Kimberly around assessment of individuals. Because it's not just meeting, you know, state requirements, also fitting the vision of a kind heart. So I want to talk to Kimberly a little bit about how they do that. With that on Pete, this is Home Matters, Car Radio 973 FM. All right, we are back. This is P with All Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM. We're having a great discussion here with the good folks from A Kind Heart. Uh, they do all kinds of in-home, and also they do um, supplemental staffing for different care part- partners around the uh, the greater Seattle area. Um, so even though you... You, if you have someone living in a uh, senior living community, uh, they may be involved in providing that, uh, that kind of support to that community as well. And that's a growing part of your business, I would imagine. Right, Bernard? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Um, before we go any further, cause you know, and we did have a, you know, guys, by the way, if you, uh, if you want to give these guys a call, uh, do that at 833-546-3552. If you're, you know, guys, if you haven't, if you don't have a care plan for your mom and dad and they're getting up in their seventies or higher, uh, I'd say I would, after you listen to this show, I would call these guys. Can they call on the weekend? Is it? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I give these guys a call just if nothing else to find out like what's available to start that dialogue with a kind heart. Um, you can also check them out at a kind heart dot info, I N F O. Um, but we talked last time and that, that show is up there on mynorthwest.com forward slash home matters. We talked about the vision and mission of a kind heart and every company 
that is has legacy and has longevity, has a vision. This is how we're going to do things, and we are not going to waver. But that also, you know, I always said, and I'm not proud of it, I've laid off too many people in my day, and that's part of the reason why I'm not in the corporate world anymore. But people are your most important asset. And it's true in my company today. It's true in everybody's company. So I wanted to ask, uh, we'll start with Kimberly since she's over on my left. Kimberly, I, I didn't ask this earlier, but I wanted to ask, like, why did you decide to join a kind heart out of all the other companies you could have worked for? What, what was your reason? It was so funny. Um, I was just like trying to find a job. I, I, I'm actually new in Washington. So, okay. Um, ever since I was young, I really want to strive to be a nurse. So this is like a great start for me. And um, I know Atiwina for a long time now. She is the one who actually encouraged me to do all of these things. So I think that's one of the things why I'm here right now, why I'm okay. doing this. And so Wina was kind of your mentor then? She is. Or yes. she is your mentor. She, yeah. she brings me back the hope of being back to um, hospitality um, industry. Okay. Which I am out from before. So, yeah, I'm happy that I'm back again. That's good. Awesome. And then, Ian, wh- why did you decide to join a kind heart? Well, actually, um, in the nurse. serving, <laughs> well, aside from being a nurse. Okay. She's a nurse. Okay. So aside from that, I grew up in a household. Uh, my my grand my grandparents um, with my grandparents uh, living in, okay. in our own. Oh, home. so you're in multi generational home like we used to back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we take care of our grandparents. So yeah. and then a kind heart is a company that live up to its name, not just by name. You know, a kind heart. I can really attest to that. That everyone here from the office to the caregiver really live up to that name. And I can really say that, if not all, most of our caregivers are doing this because this is something natural to them. Okay. They're not just doing this because, you know, it pays good. But then they're doing this as a vocation, as a calling. Yeah. And I think I belong to that to that, yeah, that calling, that yeah. passion. Yeah, well, I can tell. Fine. By the way, you guys interrupt each other. It's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> usually, when that happens, that that tells me people have passion, which is good. Yeah. So, Mary Chris, why did why did you decide to join a kind heart? So, um, and, no, I moved here in California, like um, from from California, from California. Okay, like a year ago, and then a okay. friend connect me with a kind heart. Okay, and. I think if you see these faces, no hesitation. You gotta join Thank the you. kind heart. Yeah. But anyway, well, so they, yeah. they twisted your arm, talked to you, and did that. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Um, you know, um, the same with, passion. With the, yeah, the same passion yeah. with the yeah. kind heart. I know that I can grow more. You know, yeah. beyond my limit, and I can see the foundation that they have and the yeah. teamwork. It's real. It's well, on. Let me fire, ask you this. You know? Mary Chris, when you left the interview with a kind heart, what was one the one most important thing that stuck in your head about the company? The name. The name. The kind heart. Okay. Why is it a kind heart? The free food. Yeah. I love working with a kind heart. I can okay. see the passion with everybody. Got yes. it. Got it. Well, that's good. I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I can tell that you're passionate about what you do. And that leads me over to, because like I said, with vision, you know, you you have to, everything starts with vision. Like, what is that? And Bernard and Wiener had set that vision for the company. And I'm sure that's your guiding North Star, Bernard, that you go by. Yes. So Kimberly, you know, 
one of the things you talked about earlier was your assessment of different CNAs and NARs that come in. But I'm sure, I mean, you did talk about the requirements and things like that, but I'm sure not any CNA or NAR will do. So how do you, how do you determine like, okay, this person is a good fit for our company, for a kind heart, for our vision? So actually before, um, like the initial, like just the paperwork and stuff after all those things, right? Um, I typically have a one-on-one uh, discussion with the uh, staff or the um, the applicants. Yeah. And I typically um, explain to them how it normally runs. And that's where I kind of like, you know, like read the person's mind, read the person's um, ability, how uh, the person will, you know, experience all those things. And, um, one of the things that I always, um, try to, um, look into a caregiver is their patience and their compassion. So throughout the time that they're starting with us, all the caregivers that normally start within 30 days, they will have, uh, what we so call performance evaluation. Okay. So how long is that, Kimberly? How long is the evaluation? Um, 30 days. 30 days. Okay. Yes. So throughout the performance evaluation, that's where I bug um, Marcus to always ask the family or the facility that yeah, I would like feedback. to get a fi- feedback by the speak to this um, new um, caregivers yeah. that we have. Because, you know, having those um, feedbacks from the client is really important to us knowing mm-hmm. how should we keep this caregiver or how should we address this to, uh, to the caregiver. Because, yeah. um that's one of the foundation why we're here, right? Why yeah. we, we so what do you, I, do you have a, Kimberly, do you have like a go-to situation or a go-to question that really helps you understand that, okay, this person has the same, this, at least the same passion as I do about this business? Um, one thing that I always ask the person is where is his pre- previous job? Second thing is, Give me something that, um, like, uh, um, an experience that you have and how did you resolve it? Okay. So those are the things that we, I always ask the, you know, the person. It's just that for me, how, how should I assess this person? How should I know this person? And how mm-hmm. should I know this person fits this job? So those are the things that are, those are the questions that I typically ask this applicant. Yeah. And I believe the application also has situational answers there. Okay. So we, we evaluate that based on the situational mm-hmm. answers. And, and Bernard, you know, we, we I'm sorry, we talked off here. How like how many people do you go through to find a typical CNA or NNR that fits with your business? Wow. We've been through probably about four hundred. Right now we're unlimited, wow. but I do have yeah. seven day act seven day active caregivers. So we have seven eight and we, we seventy eight. Yeah, seven. we do have seventy eight active caregivers wow. doing one on one. That's a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And um, the application application wise. So Bernard, do you guys like once do you have a group interview or or just Kimberly interviews? No, usually once in a while, I we the the thing that I ask I, I, I ask Kimberly to assess when we have yeah. an applicant is we need caregivers that has and a good attitude about everything. Yeah. Because it's very difficult to teach somebody that don't have a good yeah, attitude. Yeah, they have to have good attitude. Experience sometimes is good, but we want to be able to, to be able to teach them the way we do things. Because yeah. even if you have a 
30-year experience CNA, for example, yeah. but they don't want to learn anything else, they're not yeah. going to be able to fit to yeah. what we need. So, Yeah, you can, uh, I agree one. 100%. You can teach yeah. skills, but you can't teach attitudes. Yes, so that's yes, that's exactly what I asked them yeah. to look for. Well, guys, yeah. I'm telling you, uh, we're going to continue our discussion here next time we have you back on uh, on Home mm-hmm. Matters. Uh, Bernard and Maricris, Kimberly, and Ian, thank you guys for being on. I really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. You want to check these guys out, 833-546-3552 or go to akindheart.info. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM. <laughs>